let's get rolling. Uh, let's okay. get moving, rather, and we'll just figure out the rest as we go. Is the right. Zencaster thing supposed to be rolling too, or no? You don't care about that. Nah. We don't as long really. as everybody's on that. as long as everybody's registering levels on their local recording, we've just learned that it's a lot easier than watching it freeze and fuck up over and over again. Oh, I, sounds like my last date. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Phyllis. Very nice. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your sometimes twice weekly podcast by fans of the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, coming to you for a final Friday episode at this end of April edition from the Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York in Dressing Room Studios. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from east to west this evening, starting in North Rosedale Park, Michigan in Money Pit Studios, it's Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good evening, Meredith. Good evening, Bobby. And in New Brighton, Minnesota, coming to us from Stick of Butter Studios, it's Anne Danger Lundholm. Good evening, Anne. Good evening, Bobby. I was trying to open the Diet Coke really silently, <laughs> but I don't yeah. think I succeeded. You, you flirted with danger like you do. <laughs> in the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room, in the ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike the Gel Dude Frizzell. Good evening, Mike. Hello, Bobby. And all the way across this country in the Finney Ridge neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, coming to us from Prodigal Podcaster Studios, welcome back, Phyllis Fletch, P. Fletch Fletcher. Good evening, Phyllis. <laughs> hey, Bobby. Thanks so much. You're legally allowed to be here again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am so excited to be back. It was it was hard to be away. It was It was sad. Um... I enjoyed my vicarious participation by, um, you know, listening as soon or sometimes before every episode dropped <laughs> and um, talking about each show with you guys in our chat, which I love. Um, it, but it's it's even more exciting to actually be back. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you. And in a few minutes, we're going to pose some questions to you sent to us mostly by listeners and then also by Hillary. <laughs> uh, nice. Who is not and maybe here one from my sister, too. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, Hillary couldn't make it because it's the week of her half birthday. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Booked. Yeah. Before we do that, we'll do some LRB business. We'll uh, jump back after with a, a mailbag roundup for the month, some housekeeping, and how you listeners can get involved with the show. Uh, one way you could have gotten involved was to give us more AMA questions for Phyllis. We're disappointed in all of you who didn't submit one yet. <laughs> Uh, but I think we're going to keep the AMA line open after this. So more on that in a few minutes. First, let's do a quick roundup of business. Uh, some things that will only matter to people who are actually recording right now. One is that my internet has been overhauled since last time I was on the show. So oh. uh, <laughs> knock on my my press board desk that uh, things should be working well. They came. They double-checked all the wiring. Apparently, the wiring I did was the best part of the entire system. So I'm a little proud of myself. And yeah. they swapped out our modem so hopefully 
we should be okay. Uh, and we also, won't have a stop down while you go all the way back down into the Garden View Studios. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> never again. Oh, <laughs> uh, that cut out nicely though. And getting to listen to all of you chat for like twelve minutes rolling while I was literally walking downstairs was nice. Um, also, uh, I had a fun job interview today. I'm applying for a part-time fundraising job with the Buffalo Theater of Youth, a company that puts on professional-level shows for kids and their families in Buffalo. Um, and it went really well until the end of the interview when I was told... Actually, now I'm wondering if I can say this. I think Uh-oh. I can. Um, <laughs> the managing director I was interviewing with is leaving that job any day now, so... I went through most of the interview and then found out that the person I was interviewing with would not actually be there when I get hired if I get mm. hired. So oh, oh, man. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mm. This doesn't come out till Friday. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, more on that to come because it'd be a chance to work in Buffalo again, which I'm excited about. Um, almost Wait, as Wait, Bobby, Buffalo as... Theater of Youth, you said? Uh, yeah, it's called Theater of Youth and it is in Buffalo. So, B-Toy? Oh dear! <laughs> is that what they go by? Is that? Uh, I'm calling from B Toy. Oh, I, I hope it is. Um, oh, no. Can I get your credit card? <laughs> <laughs> I'm now. I'm wondering if that vanity plate is available in New York State. Because if I get the job, it's all about the youth. We're out here oh. working for and with the youth. They actually they do go by toy. Which is weird enough. Oh, God. Um, none of this is as exciting as what's going on in Meredith's kitchen today. <gasps> you guys. Okay. I've been watching The Great British Bake Show. and Yeah, you have. Yeah, I have. <laughs> the thing that they do the most, I feel like, is make Victoria sponge sandwich cakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a very simple um, vanilla you know, yellow cake with jam and buttercream or not buttercream, whipped cream on the inside. And Mm -hmm. I have been dying to make this. And I finally decided today was going to be the day I worked from home today. And so I had a little bit of time in the afternoon and I got all my ingredients ready. I had the recipe ready to go. Mary Berry's recipe. And then I realized I don't have cake pans. Oh, <laughs> what? No. I know. Well, I'm no. How does a person not have cake well, pans? Well, I know and par excellence, right? So <laughs> I searched around, and BBC has a recipe for mini Victoria sponge cakes, which are made in cupcake pans, which I do mm. have. So you ah. make little cupcakes with the with the sponge and cut them in half and fill them with the jam and the cream. So they are downstairs cooling, hidden in the microwave with the door cracked so Bear doesn't eat them all. Um, and by and Bear, you mean Gregory. I mean, no. <laughs> well, Bear has been, Bear has been um, his favorite place to be is on top of the cupboards in that area. And I'm a little bit afraid that he's going to do some, some Mission Impossible gymnastics and like hang from the top of the cupboard and and into the microwave and and eat the cake so well, i'm a little bit nervous i just walked into him and that's exactly what i did dang it and my face is Damn half it. burnt off but oh how delicious 
and on and so they were they i made them right before we started to record and they aren't cooled enough to to finish um and i was lamenting that fact in slack before we started recording and Anne said maybe just jam and cream one of them so i did Mm. um i took the littlest kind of dumbest looking one and just kind of dipped it in some jam and some whipped cream and it was really good (laughs) now mary berry would would say with some mild scorn that they were overbaked i think because i'm Uh-oh. still can well i'm still figuring out the convection setting on my oven it's a little bit different than than regular i guess it's it's you know uh, lower temperature and and uh less cooking time which i'm i'm still figuring out but they were you know they're not dry they're good on the inside they're just a little crispy on the outside so um i'm not entering these in, into any competitions um and so far they're <laughs> delicious did you watch that episode of a uh, baking show where they were setting them a challenge and they were like, you ought to know how to make a Victoria Yes, sponge. and it so just make said one. make one. They didn't even give them what? a recipe. Yeah, well, it's extremely <laughs> simple. It's just four ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. It's eggs, flour, sh- sugar, and vanilla. That's but all there is But if you don't know that, it sounds profane. i think that sponge sandwich is like the worst name for a dessert that you could have (laughs) but so far it's delicious so i i have some cake pans uh coming from amazon so i'm gonna make the real thing soon good eight inch or nine inch what i was gonna say earlier is that uh, what's the difference when emily bakes um the the difference is an inch stuff like that she puts Uh, like a little extra <laughs> biscuit here and there for the dogs. Oh. Aww. Maybe I should have mm. given the runt to Bear. But no, then he'll develop a taste for cake, and I can't have that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no Laganape for Bear. <laughs> nope. Uh, Anne, you added, I think, this line to the business agenda, which says, Anne is walking on sunshine. Mm-hmm, I did. I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> Do you care to elaborate? I rarely have anything to update, but I just wanted to lord it over Meredith that my house is not a money pit. Oh, no. It's just a, it's, it's a money puddle. Maybe? Oh, okay. Oh, no. I've been having some, I've been having some plumbing concerns oh, yeah. lately. In a, the last couple of months, one of my toilets has been trickling in the tank. But since it just sounded like it was in the tank, I was like, sure, whatever. I'll I'll get to it when I get Is to it. Is this a jiggle the handle then, situation? No, it's not a jiggle oh. the handle. It it flushes just fine. Everything's quiet. And then some later period, an hour later or three hours or five hours, I would just hear this trickle, 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 trickle in the tank. And you go and flush it again. And that stopped it. So I figured it was just some sort of leaky seal or something. Hmm. But then I was cleaning the bathroom on Friday and as I got down to scrub the toilet, there was water on the floor behind it, Uh-oh. like mm. a medium amount of water. And it looked like there was water damage on the trim down there. And I thought, oh, no, there's water leaking in my walls or something. So anyway, the plumber came today and it turns out that the fill valve was leaking and it was actually fountaining up and it was hitting the underside of the toilet lid and then like slipping out the back Whoa. and down the back oh. of the toilet. And that mm. was oh. what it was. And so he replaced the fill valve and put a new flapper in and good as new. Good. Wow. 
He did say I could get a new toilet if I wanted to. He gave me options for, you know, the basic toilet, the standard toilet, and like the gold plated toilet. And I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. So if I'm, you didn't, I don't need to spend a thousand dollars. And if I imagine this right, had you been taking advantage of this, you could have just been taking the lid off of the toilet and then sitting on that to do your business. Yes, my very own <laughs> oh. bidet. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wait. Like an upper decker? Like what do you Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what I was about oh, to say. Gross. This is a reverse upper deck. The toilet's actually mm-hmm. flicking it out. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> like a the- I'm less like happy a this conversation all of a theme sudden. Park <laughs> Dyson you know, explosion. Yep. Um so anyway, Dan the plumber fixed it all. It cost four hundred dollars. It's well spent. Four hundred dollars. It's a bargain. I know. Everything else costs six hundred. We've established yeah, that. Yeah. It's not even going to take two weeks. I mean, isn't every house a right. money puddle? Oh, it's bad. Yeah, that's what you sign up yeah. for when you buy a house. Yeah, I think so. It's just sometimes it seems like it's all day, every day, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you get a few months for a while while everything calms down. Oh, I do have a mild money pit update. Um, the money pit got a little bit shallower um, because I was so (laughs) angry with the sellers. I left them a very bad Google review and they sent me a check for $500. Mm. Whoa. Mm -hmm. To make up for the roofing um, stuff where it was raining in my kitchen. So (laughs) that was awesome. Did you remove it? And now it's not raining in my kitchen. Did I what? Remove your review. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah, they bribed me they enough. Successfully bribed you. Yep. No, I, I, wow. I totally applaud you because uh, this happened just yesterday. Um, there was uh, someone who complained about a uh, dolly. Uh, the, she said, "Well, I haven't heard from this person in a month," and they had been writing in um, under. Uh, Mike, and then uh, small f, f r i z z l a, and then later on Mister f r i z z l a, and these things weren't weren't getting to me, right? <clears throat> I had just been responding, you know, like we'd been going back and forth, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if she was mad, but then started calling me M Frizzle, and then. The, the people that call center said that uh, when when she'd call in, uh, she'd she'd um, mangle their names like on purpose, like for a joke. Um, but here's a lesson: oh. uh, when you're trying to get, you know, more than half a grand out of someone who seems to be willing to hand over the money, maybe just respond to the thread that they sent you. Or maybe not an insulting, you know, substitute for your name. Don't decide to free type their email address. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because it, it ends in some dead letter file. And then, you know, so the, the, the moment that we became aware of this um, this online complaint, uh, I just, I got a hold of her and I said, oh, you know, I, I, I went and found this dead letter and, you know, I'm going to send you your money. Like that day, because I was ready the day a month ago when she when she started with the M Frizzle 
business. I was ready to <laughs> fix her up with, you know, we were done. But then she just waited after sending the insulting email and then complained online. So now she says she's going to take it down when she gets her money. But, you know, that's why I'm applauding you, Meredith, because <laughs> that's integrity right there. Well, they bribed and, and, me and, Yeah, a bribe to... being in the most integrity you can well, have. Well, and it's not a bribe. Like, they... It's it's shameful that 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 they did such a bad job yeah. with this house and they ruined so many things and I absorbed another I don't know twelve hundred dollars uh, on top of that um, that I could have asked them for but I didn't so they called me actually and I talked to the real estate okay. agent and he asked me what else he could do to make it right to his credit and I said you know I think it's probably too late for me <laughs> I'm mm. I'm you know I'm pretty furious about this but yeah. um, if you're going to continue to work with these sellers. Um, I guess I would just ask that you uh, either don't or make sure that they start to get permits and use licensed contractors. And he seemed very amenable to this idea. He was like, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I don't know if he was just giving me lip service, but he sounded, it sounded good and it made me happy that he was like, absolutely, you're totally right. Um, they need to, he actually said they need to get their shit together. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they do. <laughs> So I just, you know, I told him I don't want him to do this to more people because they, they, no. they could have ruined a beautiful house, um, and I hope they don't keep doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, um, well, I guess my idea is follow the law, and he's like, oh, word? Yeah, yeah, like do the bare minimum? That's a right. cool idea. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that is corny. <laughs> oh, my God. God, I missed you, Phyllis. Oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> uh, and speaking of missing you, Phyllis, we're not the only ones. So oh. we, we put a call out a few days ago, uh, you know, with very little notice in the grand scheme of things, asking our mm-hmm. listeners and TBTL listeners and friends from beyond uh, those circles to give us ask me anything questions for Phyllis Fletcher. And now... Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up that list. Phyllis, tell us, have you looked at these questions? I have not. Okay. So you are the Andrew Walsh of our podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, you know, I meant to ask you earlier today too. I was like, what if, I wonder if there's anything there that I should prepare for, but I, I like in the spirit of AMA, how like they just like fly at you and you don't know what's coming. I was like, well, let me at least preserve that unless instructed otherwise, but I could have asked. Uh, I'm fairly certain that while you will not have answers for all of these questions, none of them are going to be an affront to your sensibilities. Okay. okay. <laughs> but also, if you know, if there was anything I should have researched, how about this? If there's something that I should have researched or looked into and that I can answer later, I will do it on the LRB page on Facebook. Ooh, premium content. Yeah. So what, uh, in the show post for this, I will do that. Uh, as a reminder, that I- means we have to remember to... <laughs> Right. Your jam oh, yeah. dollars at work <laughs> research. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna keep the uh, the link open, so you can use this as an AMA for any of us, and we will selectively choose to read and answer them if they are appropriate or interesting. Uh, if they're not, we'll spare everyone. But littleredbandwagon.com/ama, and if you add three more letters to that, you get Amazon, which is good to know if you need cake pans. Oh yeah, <laughs> All right. nice. Um, and if there are any that are directed at me, 
that we do not answer on the show, rest assured, I will write you a six-page answer personally because <laughs> that's how I do. That's a good. That's a good plan. Like if there's something yeah. we don't feel like we should answer on the show, or if it's not interesting, but somebody still wants to know, yeah, we'll write you back. Yeah. Directions yeah. to Anne's family that's cabin. Good. I think Jeremy's right. already submitted that one. Yeah. I don't know what the address is. You just drive for a long time and there's a bunch of nondescript driveways and then my aunt knows which one to turn She down. had to Google Earth it to get an approximation. Yeah. I did. Yeah, there was really... I was like, I think this might be No it. address at, at our Lopez family cabin for a long time. I mean, it, it, I, it showed up somewhere like I was in high school or something when they just started giving addresses to all the little cabins down there, you know. Just turn right where you see where you buried the bodies that one summer. I think ours has an address now, but I wouldn't know it. I just know how to get there. (laughs) Yeah. I think the the USPS was just like, you know, the Frizzells, Mud Bay, you know, Lopez. You know, (laughs) I mean, the postman's going to go, what? I have no idea who these people are for the last 17 years. Yeah, there's just a, a Lopez Island mailbox full of letters to M. Frazella. <laughs> Complaining about deliveries yeah. from the future. God damn it. <laughs> Retract it. All right, I'm going to start at the top of this list. If anyone else wants to jump in and read them as we go, and I'm saying that to my co-hosts, feel free to pull up the spreadsheet and uh, we'll go from there. But the first uh, question, I'm just taking them in the order they were submitted. Listener Kristen writes, I didn't listen to the recent TBTL episode with Phyllis. Please huh. explain again why you left NPR. I'm happy to. Yeah, so um, I, about a year ago, I had like, just I had had a bunch of disconnects at my job and feelings that like things weren't really going right or weren't going as I had expected them to go at NPR. And it's just kind of like, just your classic work disagreement type stuff, you know, and just how that makes you feel like you're on the wrong track. Um, You know, imagine that plunked into a news context and that's what it was. And so um, I had learned this technique like mm, about 15 years ago from a couple that I interviewed, which was their way of strategic planning their lives. Um, It was a lesbian couple before same-sex marriage rights and they um, decided to create their own set of agreements with each other um, that would, you know, some of them would just be personal agreements between them. Some of them would be legal and notarized and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it was like a big contract they were making with each other and to themselves. And they rented a classroom at UW for the weekend and they started with the chalkboards all the way on the right and, wrote okay what do we want our lives to look like when we're 65 and then they moved to the left and said okay what do we want it to look like when we're 60 and they continued that process all the way down to um you know like because part of it too is okay for it to look like that when I'm 65 what do I need to be doing when I'm 60 and then also what do I want at 60 and then okay based on that what do I need to be doing at 55 and what do I want at 55 and on and on back until they were like you know um five years from now two years from now one year from now six months from now two months from now one month two weeks one week today and um I 
decided that it was finally time in my life, 15 years after learning this technique, to do that for myself because I always thought that was really cool. And I figured that was a way for me to realistically, um, even if it was somewhat idealistic, but also just really be honest with myself about what I want. And it would clarify why things weren't working for me and how I could make adjustments to get back on the right track. And from that process, what I understood and what was super clear was that I was going to need to leave NPR by the time I was 48. And I was 46 at that point. And um, I then had the opportunity a few months later to work on what would have been a really high profile project for me that um, and I actually was given the opportunity and then it was taken back. And uh, when I really stepped back and analyzed that, it was upsetting, but I also realized this job is not the right fit for that kind of that kind of project. That is the major overarching reason of why they took it away. And I had to say, you know what, this happened because I wasn't, I haven't followed the plan. I, you know, I, and I need to get on track with it and I definitely need to be gone by the time I'm 48. And so I started working on it and telling people in my life, um, I had told a few people when I made that plan, but I kind of doubled down on it after this, uh, event. And um, in December, a job was posted that was really a lot more in line with what I wanted to be doing, which was long form work that was important and is on demand, which we currently mostly call podcasts. And the job that was posted was an APM podcast editor job, and I applied for it and I got it. So that's what facilitated my leaving. I was definitely talking to a bunch of people in my life about the possibility of doing contract work and you know definitely as the word was spreading there were people who wanted to work with me um and I even got uh contacted by headhunters a few times but they were not the type of job that I was looking for they were like corner office big shot jobs and which a lot of people presume is the trajectory Ew, in this gross. career. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, um, uh, no, but I just applied for this podcast editor job. Can you hook me up with that? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm lucky that this worked out because um, I definitely, it would have been a much, much more challenging decision to just walk away and walk off into the contract world. But instead I was able to find this and it was right in line with what I wanted to do and I was able to convey that in the interviews and get the job so that's how it came to be that I got this job I'm very happy to have it Steve Nelson leaving for the <laughs> east coast and therefore the restraining order not being a problem had nothing to do with it <laughs> you know that Steve is such he's he's such a mac he um he still lives in St. Paul um he like He's employed by NPR now, but, um, you know, because they, they, they poached him kind of like how they poached me. You know, they recruited him. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they definitely wanted him. And, and uh, when NPR wants you, they can often get you. And I'm sure it's working out great um, for him. It just wasn't quite the fit for me. So that's cool. Yeah, Steve yeah. and I are cool. I, he's definitely one of the people I talked to uh, before I left. So yeah. and he was happy for me. So that's nice. All right. Well, if all your answers are that long, we're going to be here a long time. <laughs> we're going to be in trouble. But so I don't, th I don't think they will be. In fact, in fact, I think that answer actually covers 
parts of a lot of people's questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Good. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone else has it up. I can read the next one because I'm particularly interested in it. Okay. Um, and, and I think it's because I don't think you're going to have a good answer for it. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is from listener Andrea, and she asks, how much money is raised annually in the TBTL-a-thon? Are there fundraising goals? Then she apologizes if this info has been shared and she missed it. Andrea, it hasn't. So you shouldn't apologize. (laughs) Right. Um, And she notes that when she donates to other places, um, she usually gets flooded with information after about how much they're raising, where it's being used, et cetera. Um, And she says she's curious about the big picture. Yeah, those are great questions. And I do not know. Um, And it's interesting. They have, I mean, I think that, that some of these things still like, you know, as far as the structure and who works on what and things like that, they, some of them are developing and changing, but in a lot of ways, they kind of follow the like traditional public radio structure of like, there's people who do marketing and fundraising and stuff. And then there's people who do editorial and only the people who really need to be in on both are, Mm -hmm. and I'm on editorial. And so, and, and I actually, even though I'm in Luke and Andrew's department, I don't, I'm not, I've not been assigned yet to work directly on their show, and I don't believe I will be, um, but I, I'm available to them if they want or need me, uh, but but so far that hasn't come up except when I went on their show, um, and so uh, that that's, it's, you know, that's the long way of saying, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if they needed me to know, they would tell me. It's possible that if I pressed to know, I would be told, but um, it's it's also very likely that someone would check me on, like, well, why exactly is it that you think you need to know this? Because, um, you know, they know that I, I came into the job being a fan, so yeah, they might be like, she, how come she's asking us about this show and no others? So um, I have not been part of those discussions at all. I mean, if we, if we <laughs> made the effort, Mm-hmm. We could more or less figure it out because they thank the dazzling donors every day and you could count how many there were and you could count how many daily donors of the day there are and you could look on the website where they thank the web donors. You could count all that up and come up with some sort of estimate that would be pretty close, but yeah. even I'm not point. crazy to actually go through with that. <laughs> that is a good point, though. I mean, I mean, you could, but it would it would still be... Yeah, it's it was one it's one of those things where it would still be an approximation because some people I'm sure give more than their level right. and then or some... people who do one time donations or something wouldn't be accounted for in that. That could be. Although I do mine as a one time. Oh um, stop yeah. bragging. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've also thought about developing some other basic demographic information like you usually know if it's a man or a woman i would be very curious to know the ratio of lady donors to man donors yeah also you could get some good interesting geographical data to know exactly where in the country in the world that's all coming yeah so i mean i could make this happen if i wanted to yeah right that it that would be interesting and then Mm -hmm. there are also people who i think decline to be acknowledged right and then also this entirely leaves out the question of sponsorship so Mm -hmm. all of those are like known unknowns to me well it wouldn't be like a census right of tbtl finances right it would be an estimate yeah yeah mm-hmm. no, that's pretty yep those are all good points you know the job interview i went on today one of the points that this organization is stressing is they haven't done much with 
managing donor data through the years and they'd like to get better about that. Oh. And I'm just thinking they should just have hired Anne. <laughs> Come on. For real. I mean, Anne, if APM is looking for a fundraising data analyst, and they very well could be at some point, um, yeah. you know, there are people in fundraising whose entire job is is dealing with these analytics. Yeah, right. Oh, God. I could have so much fun with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Does anyone want to supplant me reading these? The next question is actually for us, not for Phyllis. Oh. Oh, I'll read it. I like this question, Heather. Heather wants to know, do Luke and Andrew really hate LRB as much as you guys keep mentioning they do? Or is that a put on? Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, Heather, it is not a put on. No, nope, they hate they us. Really do. Yeah. Oh. They really do. Um, They have been making, well, they made increasingly snarky passive aggressive remarks on tbtl about lrb until we were kind of feeling it a little bit and then there's absolutely no acknowledgement of any kind and then we got a secret someone who found out that andrew decided to try listening to the show once and he thought we were so mean that he absolutely hates it so there we go. Uh, I have a thought. But, you know, listen. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Bobby. But um, sometimes we're mean. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're mean. And that's why we have tried various strategies to try and get the nose up on the negativity train <laughs> and remember to celebrate TVTL as well as criticize it. So we're working on it. But, you know. I'm also not going to come on the show every week and kiss their butts when they're being idiots. I'm not going to cut out you interrupting me because I feel like that is a perfect example of us being mean. (laughs) Uh, No, I cede the floor to you. I was just thinking, uh, you know, a few donors have been very kind and have mentioned LRB in their dazzling donor messages this year. We should start a campaign to get as many of them as possible to just name check LRB. (laughs) Just... And that's why they hate us, Bobby. <laughs> because we do stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> I I used one of my LRBs in my job application. Yeah. <laughs> and they it still was... hired you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was um it was an awesome one. It was it was the one I mean, I think it was awesome. And <laughs> it was the one where I talked about how I became a 10 and um we played the clip from the episode that that really hooked me in. The first one that I listened to was the Tom and the Tom Maliazzi obit, Tom Maliazzi of Car Talk, mm-hmm. right? And I just loved that episode so much um, of TBTL, and I was happy to talk about it on LRB and talk about backstory stuff that we all kind of pieced together later about the timing of that show and how that happened to be when they were under consideration to be working at APM. So. I love LRB and I love my LRB episodes. So <laughs> hopefully there can be some sort of coming together at some point. I think that would be nice. The phrase that I've been thinking about lately is familiarity breeds contempt. Ah. And in fact, I was so interested in that. I was like, where where does that come from? Right. Who said that? Who did say that? Um, first recorded usage is like Chaucer. Oh, okay. Oh. 
Yeah, so it's not a recent saying. This is, and Shakespeare used it sometimes. Okay. But anyway, familiarity breeds contempt. And I think uh, partly we have listened so closely mm-hmm. uh, to TBTL that all those things that are annoying, <laughs> irritating, frustrating, infuriating. They really pop out for us. We know them so well. It's like once you've been married for a while, or so I understand, your spouse ceases to become the completely enchanting person that they were when you first met them, right? And I think that's where we've been with with TBTL, and we probably definitely have been uh, harsh sometimes, and Andrew also is extremely thin-skinned, and I think he put those together and came to the conclusion that we were terrible. And then he told Luke we were terrible, so we're all just terrible. But we ain't doing it for them. We're doing it for us, and we're doing it for the Wagoneers. And if you guys enjoy it, that's all that matters. Aw. This episode is so sincere, and all these questions for Phyllis are so great that I regret that we used the term upper deck earlier in this show now. (laughs) (laughs) And now we've used it in the middle of the show. (laughs) Mike, you're following along intently. Do you want to read the next question? Uh, I don't have the list up right now. I'm watching a baseball game. Come on, guys. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll do it. Yay. What team? Red Sox, Tigers. Do you watch Tigers. the Mariners? Oh. But why? Rooting against the Red Sox and Rory. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Go this Tigers? on the week of his mother's half birthday? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. How dare you? Tigers you come to me here. rooting against... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Meredith. Yay. Tigers is I your team. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been to several Tigers games. The South oh, Rosedale still Tigers. Still unclear. Mm, <laughs> oh, boy. Gotta hate them. Okay, the next question is from our very own uh, Hillary H. Baum Livingston Butler. Uh, she says, are you a who or a them? And then in parentheses, trick question, you're obviously a them. <laughs> oh, well, that's very sweet. I'm a total who. No, you're not. I'm, <laughs> situationally, I can be a them. Um, and I think those situations are limited. <laughs> um, um, like they are... PRPD, are you a them? <laughs> I'm a total who at PRPD. They don't know who the I podcast. think you're a them who can be hooey. That's my diagnosis of you. Hooey. <laughs> 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 I definitely engaged in very hooey behavior uh, promoting this AMA, but I just I wanted to get questions. Yeah. Um, so I posted it all over the place, but, um, I'm a them, I'm a them at, uh, my son's school. (laughs) Um, some of the parents, uh, know that I am on the radio. Um, I'm a them with the parents of people I went to middle school, high school, and college with. (laughs) So not necessarily with those people, but with their parents. Mm -hmm. So like people are parents age. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because you're the one... You're the one right. they point to and say, look at her. Why couldn't you have been like her? <laughs> they were doing that to me when I was a little kid. Because <laughs> I would look at adults in the eye and say, hello, 
Mrs. Whoever, you know, <laughs> how are you today? Like, not all as Eddie Haskell, like, not all like, you know, I wasn't all devious about it, but um, they would say to their, their their kids, my friends right in front of me, see, why can't you do that? <laughs> I don't think so I looked I an adult in, in the eye until I grew into an adult, you know, like, Right. As it, Oof, me neither. Yeah, every year as I grew, I looked more people in the eye, <laughs> but I wasn't looking. Right. So I wasn't looking up. So <laughs> sorry. I still don't know how often I look people in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but it's like their 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 parents would hear me on the radio and then inform my friends, and then they would uh-huh. say to me like. You know, oh, my mom heard you on the radio. Is that right? She thinks she heard you on the radio, especially when I just got started. So it's a great so, radio yeah, name. I'm, I'm them... Let's face it, too. It's real <laughs> memorable. And yeah, that's true. That's yeah. yeah. You got it. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. 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 Thank God I didn't become Phyllis Nisley. What the hell? Um, so uh, yeah, that's I don't so... know. Doesn't have the ring. But I think I think. <laughs> right i know well it does if if she's 90 so maybe when i'm 90 i'll change my name at that point but if you're gonna um, have a last name that no one can spell based on how it's pronounced <laughs> you should have stayed at npr that's true <laughs> <laughs> i'm like so insane. um but i think <laughs> yeah i think i think i'm pretty i think i'm pretty hooey um i was slightly more themmy when i was at npr because everyone knows what npr is um, I've become more hooey since I've gotten this new job, but, um, I, I think that fortunately I am way good with that. That is just fine with me. I'm, I'm happy to be a who. <laughs> I don't know. I still think you're, you're at least a situational them. That's, that's true. In, in yeah. TBTL context, I suppose I, I can call myself a them. That's true. I stand by that's my very- diagnosis, them. <laughs> with hooey behavior. Thank you. Oh, tendencies. I was th- thinking that Mike <laughs> may have a certain themminess, yeah. given that he's the only one of us that has like an FBI wanted poster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. I wish I had it. It's not current, but <laughs> somebody keep an eye on that for Secret Santa. Mike just said he wished he had a current FBI. Phyllis wanted didn't poster. unearth it. There's no, no way. <laughs> Uh, David, parenthetically, not from the basement, writes, what advice would you give someone who would want to have a career in public radio? Yeah. Let's see. Um, what else do we know about David? Anything? He's no, not no from the basement. Other than... Okay. So, so he, <laughs> gets a, he gets a moderate <laughs> amount of sunlight daily. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say the the first thing would be to kind of like big picture it like what kind of stuff do you like listening to and the I say like try to just start making stuff that is as close to that as possible even if it's something that's really really short um, and even if you have no editor to work with to just start trying to make stuff and see if you like doing it because you might really really like doing it or there might be certain things about it that you hate and then you'd be like you know what (laughs) this is the kind of thing that seemed cool but it's actually not that cool but um if you can find little ways to even just like you know record things using your phone and then load it onto your computer and get some free audio editing software to try to like mix it together to sound like something that you would like um and it could be something real stupid like i when i was practicing and learning 
how to record stuff and learning mic placement and things like that. I went with my friend, she was getting married and I went with her to one of those uh, bridal expos and just recorded a bunch of dumb stuff about, you know, all this stuff that they're trying to push on you um, as a bride when you go to one of these expos. And um, I made a little thing for her and just gave it to her and her fiance as like a little, you know, kind of like here, you know, like a little way to remember that part of wedding planning or whatever. And, uh, and it was really fun and I liked it and I liked asking people questions and stuff. So that would be my first thing would be to just, just try it. Um, and then, and then if you like it, um, start, you know, definitely start following people whose work you like and find out what you can about their careers and how they got there. Um, you know, Luke and Andrew and I have talked about our backgrounds quite a bit. So, and we've had different trajectories. You can see different ways that we all kind of landed at the same place. And they're all, um, you know, most of those things you could still do. Like even certain of them are situational, like Luke had a work study job and Andrew was taking radio classes. And I did a, you know, I started volunteering in the pledge drive and then became an intern. A lot of places don't have unpaid internships anymore. And a lot of places don't use volunteers to answer phones and a pledge drive anymore, but there's some equivalent of that going on that you can probably find. Um, and, you know, just, just keep, keep doing stuff, but try to make small things in the beginning. That'll be the easiest thing to do. I think that'll actually read nicely into the next question. Oh, good. I'll read it. Cool. From Matt, the long time Tacoma 10. Huh. Do you miss being knee-deep in the news hoopla? And could <laughs> no. you have possibly envisioned the seemingly unique course of your career this far? <laughs> I could not have, and I don't I don't miss it. Uh, a lot of times it's a relief to be like listening to the radio and be like, glad I didn't have to deal with that today. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is a great set of skills, and it's good to know that um, if for whatever reason anyone needed me to do that type of stuff, I could. Um, there are, you know, news related shows that who knows, you know, maybe someone would need me to do something like that someday. Um, and and I like knowing that I can do it, but I I don't miss all the things that come with that because part of it, especially at my last job, was um, a, a daily conference call that you had to be super prepared for and... Um, I was in the earliest time zone of people on that call and it was in the morning. And so that's not that fun. Um, and so it's like 10 for them, but seven. Right. For you. Yeah. It's garbage. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Um, and um, also having to sleep with a cell phone that's turned on next to my head every night. I do not miss not having that anymore. <laughs> Um, and it would actually ring sometimes. And that was the worst bummer was when it was a stupid wrong number. You'd be like, what the fuck, man? You know, like if it's news, I get it. I'll get up and I'll respond, you know. But when it's just some garbage person being like, uh, hello, uh, I think I missed a call from this number. And you're like, oh, no. So I'm very glad I don't have that anymore. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, no, I I do not. I'm grateful for that career. Um, and it is like, it is a, it is a thing too, where like, I mean, I think when I started in radio, I didn't even know for sure that what I wanted to do was called reporter. Like I was 
career changing. I had been in software and for most of my 20s and I was 30 and I knew that I wanted to somehow be involved with working at KUOW on the stuff that gets on the air. And like everyone of my vintage, I and, um, you know, I think of the three of us, Luke is the only one who's actually successfully done this. Like the Holy Grail at that time was This American Life. Like now it's podcasts, um, um, you know, like people it's it's grown to the extent that this American life isn't the only platform for excellent long form reporting, but um, you know, like you just go into it going like, I want to make something like that, you know? And, um, and you know, what you learn then once you start working in public radio is the jobs that pay, especially when you're fairly new are generally in the news sector of it. And I enjoyed almost everything for almost all of that time. Um, it was really great, but I'm almost 50 now, uh, and I'm glad to be doing something else with this part of my life. Phyllis, that story, that was a Superman story? When Yeah. That Luke, yeah. I remember hearing that. That was good. That wow. was really good. I still think about that story sometimes. Hi, squeaky that Luke. That was good. Too. I know, baby Luke. <laughs> yeah. Baby Luke. Was I think Magoogles. I heard it. I heard it before I listened to TBTL, maybe. Yeah. Yep. And so it was only later that I made the connection that that was Luke. Right. That's right. Yep. Who would have ever pictured that man with handsome gray temples? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, Gus asked me the other day. Gus saw a current picture of Luke, and he was like, "Why does his hair look so shiny there? I thought he had black <laughs> hair." And I was like, "Well, he did." <laughs> he had brown hair and now it's getting a little gray and and he said why and i said well because we're all getting older that's what happens and i think he just had never associated luke with being anything other than completely entirely youthful and i was like you know he's dad's age they're the same age you know dad doesn't have gray hair yet but you know he will at some point he was like, oh. Your hair just gets as tired as the rest of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Gus don't know nothing about that yet. <laughs> yeah. Would someone like to read Tanya's? Hmm. I will. Uh, Tanya says, when are we going to laugh together on a podcast? Oh. And, and then a weird <laughs> smile. Is that a smiley emoji? I don't know what that is. <laughs> It's a tongue sticky out with a, oh. with a, emoji, I think. With a big, well, if I say just with a big nose, it just sounds mean or... Or maybe that's or mouth maybe. open, tongue out, bunny ears. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's equal sign colon number zero capital P for those yeah. of you at home. I like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> equal sign colon. So when okay, so, emoji okay. theater on LRB... Yeah, I I get it now. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, as my answer to that is as soon as possible. So Tanya is amazing. It's T O N Y A, right? Right? T A N. Oh, T A N. I'm not even gonna guess. I'm so bad at this. Oh, because I was thinking it was Tanya Mosley. I wonder which Tanya this is. Hmm. Well, so um, my answer in the short term is as soon as possible. I wish Tanya had put her last name. Um, it's in the email. Yeah, yeah maybe it's in the email, in the email address. I'll just bleep it out later. It's t- gmail.com. Oh, Tanya Ballard Brown. 
Yes. Oh, my God. So, okay. She's amazing, first of all. <laughs> she is... She, so she she and I worked together at NPR, and she's on her Neiman Fellowship at Harvard. So I have to say, shout out <laughs> Damn to Tanya. Girls, that all like very like very flattered that she responded to my AMA. She is awesome. <laughs> she's a super talent, and she her her like at at when you do a Neiman, you do a um a course of study in a certain, you know, like subject matter that you want to look into. And the whole thing that she wanted to do was about like the, the intersection of like comedy and humor and news. And so, um, so she was an editor on my desk and now she's been able to spend this entire year, like, you know, doing improv classes and like, you know, looking for, for inspiration of, you know, like how we can how we can use humor and comedy to like get more get more people involved in like caring about the news and um like i would do anything with her <laughs> she's so brilliant i love her so um soon i hope i would be on her podcast and i would want her on one of mine that's for sure i'm going to bleep her uh email address for the sake of privacy but i think we can leave okay. her name in right because she sounds like a badass yes. and i i'll yeah. link her twitter or something somewhere because she she looks awesome she is amazing <laughs> she's so cool oh my god i can't believe tanya <laughs> responded to my ama this is so awesome oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have many many more to go uh the mm -hmm. next is from our friend joe joe mccauley writes do you have any recommendations for finding career mentors how can I become the P. Fletch of my work and be the most badass slash rock star slash super successful slash grown ass woman? Question mark. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Finding career mentors. I mean, stay away from Jeremy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. OK, so now I have to explain the Jeremy thing. Well, actually, so I guess you're probably talking about it in, about Jeremy in context of his being your boss. Oh, um, I'm, yeah. I have a lay yours out. I have a I have a Jeremy um, mentorship thing, too, which is that actually I don't know if you guys remember that something Facebook tried to do for a second um, was, <laughs> um, was I remember pro, you remember this in groups uh -huh. they would promote they were promoting this thing for a while where they were like we're starting a mentorship program oh, and you could tell God. it was just this automated thing because it was like it was like uh, it would just be insert name of group that you're in here mentorship page peeling the protective plastic off of things mentorship <laughs> page oh, right I love that page, by the way. And so um, I, I would. Wait I, until um, you see my new modem. I'm just say it. <laughs> so I, um, I like we were all kind of cracking on this thing, like in our in our group chat, like what Sten's mentorship? What is that garbage even? And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to screw around with this and see, like, uh, you know, how it works. And so I picked Jeremy. I think I, I was the one who picked and I I asked Jeremy to be my mentor and he said yes. Did you send him the four grand? And That's what I want to know. <laughs> Stop it. And so I um I said, you know, like, hey, 
like it would it would do this thing where it was like you know what are your goals you know and i'd be like i'm trying to quit my job you know like i was like i was filling it out like i was i was giving accurate answers but i was being like goofy about it but it's really cool to look back on now because it does trace the trajectory of my like identifying what I needed to do and then actually doing it. <laughs> and I would like be checking with Jeremy while I was doing it. And then like, you know, when I announced that I had a new job, like, you know, I went back and I like thanked him. I was like, Hey, this actually worked. So, so Joe, um, just hook up with Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> do seek out Jeremy. But I think that, I think that part of what, like when I look back on different mentors I've had, I've realized that it's been, like, it can be cool to recognize it as, like, highly situational. Like, I've definitely had some mentors in my career where, like, at this point, there wouldn't be a reason to still have them as a mentor. But I think that, like, identifying the goal and then having, you know, looking to see who could be your mentor based on whatever that goal is, that can be a really good way to shortcut it because you know what you want from that person and they understand also what you want like jeremy basically like like to actually take the jeremy thing seriously for a second which i know it's like super goofy but like i probably just needed like to have space with someone where i could like work out some of these ideas you know and just say look i know that i do want this and i don't want that and blah blah and just like for him to be there seeing that on some level meant something to me um and so i think that you know, figuring out what it is you want and then finding the person who you think can at least be someone who hears that and can reflect it back to you. Like it could be something as basic as that. And I think to stick my own point in here to yeah, piggyback on what please. Phyllis is saying, I think um, it's such a basic point, but maybe it needs to be said. Ask people. Yeah, totally. I've never had anyone I've considered a mentor but that's because I've always been too shy and afraid of rejection to ask anybody right yeah and so if you want a mentor you gotta even if you think that person is like well they wouldn't want to help me ask them yeah and it can be a really like you can make it a low barrier to entry ask by like initially it could be like hey I really admire the way you've done this or that. Would you be able to, you know, could I buy you lunch next week? And, and I have some things that I would like to run by you and ask you about, you know, so they know that there's, there's an agenda to it, but you're like being respectful of their time and honoring their time by, you know, like offering to buy them lunch or coffee or whatever it is. And, and then to, you know, reiterate that when, when you meet up of like, you know, I really like the way you've done this or that I'm trying to do X, Y, Z you know, and I would like to, if I could check in with you, like in about a month and just let you know what I've come up with and see if you have any ideas at that point, you know? And so it can be, it can be something as informal and as like, you know, untime consuming as that. And it can be really rewarding for both of you guys. And remember, you can't spell mentor without men. So the next question <laughs> comes from... Katie, and uh, there's a general question here, but there there could be some follow-ups. I mean, yeah. she does have okay. follow-ups if if it comes up. Um, Phyllis, right. what does the rest of APM think about these two dinguses? <laughs> 
I think my favorite example of that is um, when I was in my company orientation, the, the, there's a dude, I think they, I think it's the kind of thing where they like kind of rotate um, who's going to do this part of the orientation thing. And there's a part of the orientation thing where someone basically gives a complete overview, overview of APM. And so, you know, they do a little bit of history and they do like, okay, so these are the divisions of APM, you know, and so there's, um, you know, Minnesota Public Radio, there's, um, you know, uh, Marketplace, um, and there's American Public Media. And, you know, then they go through what the different things are in those large groups. And so then by the time they get to American Public Media and APM, on demand, um, they talk about APM reports, they talk about APM podcasts, and there's a list of all the podcasts. And then, um, you know, the guy's like kind of going through the list and saying, oh, we have this one, that one, blah, 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 blah. And it's funny because whenever you see a list or any kind of diagram or anything like that, if TBL, if TBTL is included, it is often like at the bottom or off to the side. <laughs> people like visually don't quite understand what to group it with or anything and it was either at or near the bottom and so by the time the dude got to the bottom of the slide and was like oh and uh too beautiful to live uh anyone here listen to that and i raised my hand of course and i was sitting in the front row of course and i had a big smile on my face of course and he was like but i'm not oh, good. Yeah. don't spoil it if yeah. you're, i'm three right. days behind because i'm in fucking minnesota so just la 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 if you're gonna do any bullshit. What he said was, "Yeah, those guys have a you know really interesting um, audience, and we don't always understand them." God damn right, I'm interested. It's not that they think. It's not that they think they're weird. It's kind of that they think we're weird a little bit. Oh, great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, it. I mean, it was, just, it was just one guy's, you know, thing that he said when he... I mean, I'm sure he did not expect a hand to fly up. Although, maybe on some level he did because he did ask, but then was surprised when I raised my hand. And he was just like, oh, this is interesting. And, and so it's like... That um, and I, I did also have the experience of, you know, being introduced to people and every now and then the person would say, and she's a huge TBTL fan. <laughs> and every now and then the person would be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like they would kind of have the like light of recognition. Um, and every now and then they would even say, oh, Luke and Andrew. <laughs> so so people do know. But, um, you know, it's like it's definitely like a. Inside to the power of inside, even in the building, which okay. makes it kind of fun. So, Follow up. Yeah. Then does. Sure. I mean, obviously, you've kind of hit on this, but does Luke have a bad boy of public radio reputation he so <laughs> desperately wants? And this doesn't have to be inside of APM, like, <laughs> you know, public radio wide. I kind of think he does, actually. But, I mean, you know, I think it all depends at what point were people interacting with him and what was the power differential? And most of this, I really only know from like closely listening to him over the years, both in person and also on the show. But this, this is something that I mentioned when I was on TBTL last month, um, that there was someone at a PRPD, I think it might've been the Phoenix one who said to him, 
Oh, you, are you still a total pain in the ass to work with? And I was like, damn, that's rude. Yep. And, and even though that was embarrassing to him at the time, he's a little bit more charitable towards that interaction. Now, I think, um, he looks back on it going, you know, maybe I was a pain in the ass. I'm, I still am the perspective of like, you still don't say that to people. Like you don't know oh, where totally. yeah. stuff oh, no. like that. It's like, right. that's a crazy thing to say, especially at a conference when everyone's all uptight anyway. So, you know, but I mean, one thing I guess I can deduce from that is that there probably are some people who, you know, if one person feels that way, then there must be others who do. Um, I, I don't. I've never encountered anyone who said anything like that about him to me, but, um, you know, I don't know that, I mean, especially now I'm sure I wouldn't because people know I like him, but even before I reconnected with him, I never heard that kind of stuff about the, the bad boy thing though. I think what, (laughs) what he wants it to be and kind of what we want it to be is like, he's, he's poochie, you know? And, uh, poochie, Who's Poochie? I forget who that no, is. No, the question is, where is Poochie? Oh, <laughs> I'm not hip, man. Every time Poochie's know. not in the scene, that's what we're wondering. That's right. Poochie. What? I don't know this, man. Th- I'm this is all it. moot because everyone knows that the bad boy of public radio is Elvis Mitchell. Okay. <laughs> is that all you have to I think do? That... Just the name? Here are some other like bad boy of public radio data points. Like I think that when he kind of identifies uh, his bad boy of public radio phase he was still in his 20s he had tattoos when that was unusual for people in public radio um i think that people who knew him even a little bit oh those tats are terrible too they were something to be afraid of because you'd be like anyone who gets these tattoos doesn't care so like stars on his elbows or something I like the joy one. I think that one's so pretty. I like that one. But um awful. But they, <laughs> they they would, you know, learn at some point also that he had been a teen father. Like those things were definitely unusual yeah. for people in public radio especially at that time. Um I think that now he probably fits in a lot more, but what I think he doesn't I mean, you know, like, I'm not sure he fully gives himself um, as much credit as he should for what he really is in public radio is a leader and a visionary because, and I always tell people this whenever they ask me what a TBTL is, I say it started as a nighttime radio show on AM, local radio, and when the radio station canceled it, he did the smartest thing he could have done and kept it going as a podcast. And because of that, it's one of the longest running daily podcasts. And um, I think that a lot of people, wherever they are in their trajectory, in their careers in public radio, like if they really sit there and think about that, they have to be like, damn, you know, and there are people who have figured it out, who've been like, that was really smart. And like, they envy that now. And I think that it is enviable. And I say, good for you, Luke Burbank. I can imagine that it was not always 
How do I say this? That it could be frustrating working with him back in in those early days, as you say, Phyllis, when he was like in his late twenties, like when he got and he was just wild drunk covering the Super Bowl in Detroit. That right. was crazy. Yeah, that was so nuts. He would stay out half the night drinking and then come into work hungover, and he would get into fights, and he was doing cocaine with cab drivers. Mm-hmm. But I think he and hit even a lot of that stuff. Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) I'm sure. But then even even beyond that, I mean, his personality, when he started doing TBTL, it was an ongoing joke that he would roll in at 655 and Jen had done all the work and all the prep for the show. And he just came on and was charming and adorable. (laughs) Yeah. And... I I don't know if that would fly so well with me mm-hmm. as it did with Jen. I would get extremely resentful right, right. of that. Right. And and I mean I have I've worked with you know a lot of different types of talent in in public radio and I mean it's a much within the scheme of you know broadcasting or any kind of media at all like public radio news has a pretty narrow band of what is considered like you know normal slash acceptable behavior or whatever you know and so he was definitely an outlier in those things just based on the stories that he has told which again I haven't heard from anybody else like in the biz so I'm not sure what their experiences of it were but um I I think that, you know, based on how he tells those stories, I think he hid so much of that, that, and also, like, just the way that they put together the types of shows that he was filling in on and then ultimately hosted, like, you know, they, they see enough, like, kind of wacky behavior from certain hosts that I'm, I'm like, was he really that much of a pain in the ass compared to some of the other people that we what we've all dealt with like i don't see him being that you know i mean what were they referring I mean, I mean, to like his, no his show in john hawkenberry yeah. <laughs> right like the show that in new york that he left that the name of which yeah. i'm blanking on bryant park bryant project. project so i wonder if it's because he left that and was sort of principled about that and that that can kind of leave a stain on your reputation i don't know i mean because i wonder yeah it does make you wonder is it just was it that kind of stuff or was it, you know, the stuff that Anne was talking about, like, were people hip to that? And I, I don't really know. Um, and at this point, I'm sure that enough people know that I like and admire him so much, like, no one would really, you know, come to me with that mm-hmm. and be like, well, don't you know he used to blah, 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 blah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm glad that he has, like, it seems like whatever the issues were, he's like kind of right at that ship um because he does you know like he is the main guy on livewire and you know whatever his style of working is it does affect a lot of people and i think that you know if he's gotten better at that stuff over the years like it's just all to the better of the show and the the sustainability of the show so but yeah i mean all of that kind of stuff that i've heard i've really just heard filtered through him so yeah i don't i don't know Do we think that sufficiently answers Katie's question, or Mike? Do you want to do more of the <laughs> follow up? Because Katie wrote quite a quite a thorough question. I think we hit oh, the, I see. the main points there. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'll take us to Lauren's. Uh, okay. Listener Lauren writes: P. Fletch, 
You're a role model for others in so many ways, and to me personally, you exemplify the kind of woman I aspire to be. You followed your passion and turned that into a dream career. You found a person who seems to be just a gem and a perfect match for you, and you're raising a kick-ass kid together. You're unbelievably talented and unfailingly kind and positive. I could go on, but I'm supposed to be asking a question and not just buttering your biscuit. (laughs) Parenthetically, albeit genuinely and from the heart, my question is this. What in your life, professional, personal, or both, are you proudest of? Then Lauren writes, I'll take my question off the air unless you all want to call me. Then she gives her phone number, then a winky face, which means I think she's hitting on you. Oh, God. And she writes, I'm so glad you're back in our pod feed and part of the APM fam. (laughs) Wow. Lauren, could you just try to be positive for (laughs) once? Dallas number two, Lauren. (laughs) I got it now. All right. I think that, um, you know, when I think about my entire life and the things that I'm proudest of, um, I am proud of the fact that um, I, I think that almost everyone I've worked with would work with me again, and almost everyone who's worked for me would work for me again. And um, I'm proud of uh, my relationship with my mother, and um, I'm proud of the um, accomplishment that I was able to buy her a condo when I was still in my software career. That is one of the things that I'm most proud of in my entire life. And I'm very proud and also lucky that my husband and I have a child who is happy. And, um, and I think that happiness is something that can be elusive. And if a child is not happy, it's, it's not the parent's fault but it makes it a challenge and it makes it something that the parents have an obligation to remedy as much as they can and I feel like um I am proud of the fact that I'm in touch with that and that um if there are things that we like need to help our son with that I feel like we're emotionally equipped to do that and I'm proud of my relationship with my husband Um, because I feel like he's a really, really good person and that when I met him and people would ask me what he was like, I would say that he would, he was nice and people would almost kind of laugh at that. Like that's like, you know, like that should be a given or something, but the older I've gotten and I've, I see how important that is. I'm really proud that, that I was able to see that in him and that that was important to me and that. I loved myself enough to seek that out in another person. And the pickles. <laughs> he makes some bomb ass pickles. Okay. Those are Halloween costumes shit. too. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome at Halloween costumes for our son. Like it's amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of all of those things. Well, for something I would say important, but perhaps a little bit less heartfelt. Mm -hmm. Lisa wants to know, what non-musical movie has the best soundtrack? (laughs) (laughs) What non-musical movie has the best soundtrack? I really, when it came out, I really, really loved the um, Gross Point Blank soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I loved that one. Interesting. Yeah. That was a really good one. Um, 
I really liked the Crooklyn soundtrack. Yep. Um, and um, of course, Reservoir Dogs. I do not like that movie, but I love the soundtrack. Um, those those were the ones that have been in my rotation the most. Nice. Yeah. I I could not have thought of an answer for that on the fly. I was going to give you an out <laughs> saying that could be a research question, but if you know what, if I think of good. more, I'll put them in that post. I'll put them All in right. the LRB post for this show. The next one's a very special one. Does somebody want to read it? Okay, I'll read it. <laughs> um, in as much detail as possible, uh, and I should say uh, this is from someone who identifies as Phyllis's sister. Yeah, <laughs> that's my in, sister, Shindana. In as much detail as possible, what would your perfect day consist of? Tell Aww. it like you're reading from a story you wrote. Name it. Oh. I.e., <laughs> it's Shindana? Shindana. Shindana. Shindana's mm-hmm. spectacularly fabulous enlightening day. <laughs> Talk about awesome. everything, like the side of the bed you get up on, if the birds are <laughs> chirping, and if you're going to that nice orange vehicle of your dreams. Oh, <laughs> Shandana, how long do you think this show is? It's as long has, as it needs to be. This is a great question. No <laughs> I I will write a fabulous version of that and we'll share it. But I like the highlights um, don't necessarily involve getting out of bed because <laughs> I love staying in bed. Mm. <laughs> I love bed. It's if awesome. I had, if I had that stupid sound effect machine right now, I would do the whistle sound effect, too. <laughs> I just, I love, I love like remaining horizontal on any <laughs> possible day where like, it's like, I remember in my twenties, a, a perfect day would have been, and then I would do this and then I would go out to eat here and then I would see this friend and then I would see that friend and then we'd all go and sing karaoke. Yeah. But like, maybe it's because I'm quite elderly now, but like, quite elderly is that I like I love when I don't have to do anything like if I look at a calendar day and I don't have to do anything I'm like oh my god (laughs) like that to me is amazing so but I will come up with some uh, dazzling deets for my story my perfect day and and I have had a couple of orange cars that I've lusted after over the years so (laughs) I um, I really love Shindana for remembering that (laughs) among many other things just excited to think about phyllis hitting a triple double (laughs) right (laughs) i know p.s make it rhyme and deliver it as well as ice cube (laughs) no yeah um catherine had another question that i think you answered pretty well Mm -hmm. phyllis about your strategic plan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you talked about that so well so thanks for that catherine i hope that that was was answered for you um, somebody named Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. I don't know. This person has a question. Um, are you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jeremy at yes, uh, Betrayer are. of uh, oh, no. his employee.com. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy, that is so hilarious. <laughs> APM, it's like, yeah, they always have jobs posted. I'm telling you, man. They, they always do and i need to i've been i'm bad about this i worked at kuow for so long that i i eventually started saying we there but i'm so bad about saying we for any employer since then so i'm trying to be 
better about that and say, yes, we are always hiring. There we go. We. I'm trying to not call my employers they. Because <laughs> <laughs> I work there. So, yeah, we um, are hiring. Yes. <laughs> there's one more on the sheet, and then I've got okay. one from Facebook. So oh, we'll yes. do the one from the sheet first, and then I we promised we would remember the one from Facebook. Listener yes. Cecilia writes, what is the most angsty teenage thing you've done oh, as an adult? Oh, God. That's an that adult. is a good question. Damn. The most angsty teenage thing I've done as an adult. Um, probably wait, uh, wait in an alley behind the Fifth Avenue Theater to get Weird Al's autograph. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That doesn't and seem I got, angsty, I though. I don't think Phyllis is, is ever I remember really being, angsty. Phyllis doesn't strike. I remember strike being nervous, angsty. though. I do remember being nervous. Yeah, sure, but, sure, um, sure. But but yeah, angst. What what is the yeah. what is the um, question really getting at? What is a right? Because I I'm just trying to put it in perspective and trying to think of one that I might have had. I, I and I'm not, mm. you know, angsty. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess in a way, like, angsty, it's something where, like, the stakes have gotten so emotionally high for you that where, like, you you're, you feel like you're risking a lot, but you're not sure if the other person even gives a crap. Like the say anything. <laughs> I've got one of those. You know, yeah. the, the boombox deal. That's angsty. Yeah, I have a really dumb one from a few months ago. Wow! Oh, that I can share. Yeah, please. maybe this will help me. Yes, please go ahead. This was a lot of Up angst. Danger Ridge. It was so stupid. <laughs> oh yeah, I took the car in for the recommended three month oil change because mm-hmm. I'm a responsible person yeah. and I knew I needed to have a couple of filters changed. And so I called a few days ahead and made an appointment and let them know so they could have them in in stock. Mm-hmm. It was great. Got the oil change. The uh, service manager came out to, you know, tell me what they did. And she was like, everything looks good and this and that and the other thing. And she says, the the only thing that um, was up is that one of your tires had really low pressure. Uh. And we took a look. We didn't see any obvious leaks. So just keep an eye on that. And if it continues to leak, just bring it back in. And inside my head, I thought... Oh my God, why does this stuff happen to me? I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't handle this. I want out of this life. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to run away. Why do I have to handle this? And that lasted for about three days. And I literally had to talk to my therapist about it because it was bothering me so much. And I was like, but this is stupid, right? This is the stupidest thing ever. And if it turns out that my tire is still leaking air, I go in and get it fixed. It's not a big deal. Right. They're still making more tires? And she said, and no. I mean, I thought, I thought <laughs> right. that was it. You know, we got all the tires we're going to get, and that's it. She, What she said was, Anne, you are trying to logic away an emotional reaction to something, ah. and it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So don't deal with it mm. today. Mm-hmm. Just put it aside. Mm-hmm. And then maybe another day, you'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was like teenage levels of my life is going to end <laughs> feeling. Because for whatever reason, I could not handle it. Mm. 
<laughs> now I went back and I got another oil change uh, last week. Mm. And they said, oh, hey, we found a puncture in your tire because they were doing a tire rotation. She's like, we patched that for you. Aw. Great. Oof. Thank God. I know. Problem solved. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're hit with some kind of unwanted, like, major, like, a big expense that you're not excited about <laughs> and or that might, like deprive you of your car for several days those all suck that sucks man but it's awesome i just went to a very young place there you go therapist Mm -hmm. would say exactly Mm. that's very true yeah you headbutted the guy (gasps) you leapt over that little (laughs) counter you know they make it very easy with the, the things right at right at a launching angle you know you can get your both your fists on it and just go over the (sighs) what she said about his chain was really immature and insensitive actually (laughs) Uh, one more question one more question this one's Mm -hmm. from facebook it's from listener nathaniel yeah and it's posted on a picture that you posted of you and luke from (laughs) yes how how long ago uh, four and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he writes on it, how did you guys actually meet if you weren't a 10 yet? That's right. Yeah. So we met in, we met, we met in January or so, 2000, it was like either December 2002 or January 2003 when I was an intern at KUOW and he was a producer who was just about to be laid off because he worked for a show that was nationally distributed called Rewind that was a weekly humorous look back on the news of the week and um and it was it was a local show for years I loved that show and then it became a national a distributed show um distributed by NPR and when it lost its distribution uh, some people at KUOW got laid off because that um, that distribution had been supporting those positions. And um, so we only overlapped by maybe a month or two um, before he ended up like he had been freelancing a little bit and ended up getting a job as a booker on Day to Day, which is another show that's not around anymore. That was really great. And um, and right uh, right during that time, I pitched my first story at KUOW when I was an intern um, about um, trying to sound white on the phone. And um, I had done, I had interviewed a couple of my friends and also had gone, um, just stood on a street corner for a couple of hours and, and interviewed black people about trying to pass for white on the phone. And, um, black Fletchman. And, <laughs> uh, uh, what's what's that? Say it again. Black Fletchman. <laughs> what? I mean, black. What? The Spike Lee movie. Like Black Klansman. Oh, the movie. <laughs> right. That's the whole plot. Yeah. Or the no. Sorry to bother you. Right. That was that was also yep. that that movie too. Yep. Yeah. So I was uh, prescient with my reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, 
Uh, I, it was part of a, a series that KOW was doing where the stories were all like, um, it was just the voice of the people of the interviewees, like the reporter voice was not in there, which was part of the reason I was able to get it on uh, the air, because um, I hadn't been on the air yet. And that's always a hurdle, uh, voicing your first piece on the air. So, it, so um and part of the format of the stories was that they they were scored with music which a lot of news stories aren't um so it was this like really unique format i was able to get my story into this series and um and so someone who was helping me with it was saying okay so now you need to pick the music and like because of the subject matter like it's got to be like really cool music and there's like one cool person who works here <laughs> and his name is Luke and he sits right over there. <laughs> so you got to go and ask him for, you know, um, for some, some music, you know, tell him that you need some like instrumental hip hop or something. And like, I knew exactly who he was. Cause I had heard his name on the air before. I think he had even already had his, this American life story at this point. Um, I'm sure he had actually. And um, did and had he hand up a tape from under the desk? Say, <laughs> right, this, exactly. This will do. Yeah. Here's some here's some cool guy music. Yeah. And um and I had even I had seen him before because Rewind one time they did this like I think they did this a couple times but I went once Rewind night at the Comedy Underground and like everyone who worked on Rewind basically if they wanted to got up and did a set and he was one of the people he so I've seen him do stand up and so I like I knew who he was so I was actually nervous because also. I felt like an old compared to him. Um, I don't think I knew exactly how old he was, but I could tell he was younger than I was. And like, it is kind of embarrassing in a way in front of younger people to be the 30 year old intern. So it's like, uh, especially asking for cool guy music. So I I did as I was told. <laughs> did though. you phrase it like yeah. that? Did you say I need some cool yeah. guy music? Yeah. <laughs> I did. And <laughs> um <laughs> Hello, fellow I wish kids. I had. Yeah, I need cool guy music, like the stuff I already have, but more. Um, so I asked him, and uh, and you know, like, especially looking back, I'm so grateful for how he was about that because, um, you know, he he just immediately was like, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, I got some stuff, and like, and he gave me, um music that now even tens would recognize i'm sure as kind of signature luke music um because he's it's stuff he was still into in the early days of tbtl um like this um cameron instrumental um thing that he would use uh he gave me that and a couple other things and um i just like it really like i laid it up with that in the music track and like my coworkers who heard it were like wow this sounds great <laughs> like where did you get this music i was like uh luke gave it to me and they were like oh yeah of course he's he's real cool <laughs> so but <laughs> he's a cool yeah. guy but like the it really did sound radio. good yeah it sounded great so that was how he how we met i don't i don't know how well he remembers that at all but i did finally get to thank him about that when um livewire had people call in and give voicemails for his 40th birthday. Um, oh, yes, I remember yeah, that. So that was my story for that. And I said, thank you, because um, it would have been so easy for him to not or even like to like kind of make helpful noises, but not actually do it. Um, and, you know, he he really helped me out when I was brand new and definitely like was trying to impress people any way I could. And he helped me do that. So 
I'm always grateful for that. Um, and then we, we overlapped at NPR uh, when I had a fellowship there in 2006, and he was at that time covering Congress. And um, we never hung out when I was there, but he did call me, which was so nice. Um, it's such a big place. And when someone who's like, you know, more like a bigger big dog than you, like takes the time to go, hey, you know, welcome. And, you know, how are things going and that kind of stuff? Like it stays with you. And he actually he called me and, you know, he he was calling me from the Capitol Bureau. So he wasn't in the same building as me at the time, but he was like, hey, you know, how's it going? And I don't know if we'll get to see each other, but, you know, I just wanted to check in. And it was like so nice. And then I never saw him again until that the day that that picture was taken that's on the Stens page. And he remembered you, of He course. did. I was walking down the street. I felt like such a scrub. I was like wearing his, wearing my backpack on both shoulders and... um. I had been, you know, going to sessions all day, and I'm sure my hair was probably like a giant triangle. I probably fixed it like right before we took that picture. And I was I was walking towards this bus that, um, you know, a bunch of people were getting on a bus to go see John Moe's show, Wits. And um, I was walking across the street towards the bus, and I heard Phyllis like through a megaphone. Mm-hmm. And it was Luke because he had been doing his wacky like PRPD um, you know, bad boy of public radio tour of Portland. <laughs> and and he still had the megaphone with him. And, uh, and there are so many things wrong with that <laughs> sentence that you just said. Just two I mean, more vegan awesome... strip clubs, everyone. Two more. <laughs> and he just, you know, he called out to me and it was another one of those things where like, he could have been like, I think I remember that chick, but whatever, you know, but he, he called out to me and and I was like oh my god you know are you getting on this bus are you going to the thing and and we were both going so we sat together and and we took that picture and it was that was how I saw Luke again after so many years and I became a 10 like a couple months after that (laughs) all right yeah so uh, we will keep the AMA line open and it's valid for any of us but again we will probably be selective in which questions we answer uh com slash AMA for those questions. Um, with that, we should probably do a little mailbag, huh? <laughs> do you think that those will save? I think they'll save. Yeah. They'll save. I was th- We're running yeah. pretty long. I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, I, I Not guess. to be like Luke and Andrew. <laughs> Here's a for- the hypocrisy of that decision. Here's a forward promo. Uh, or a forward promo, if you will. Um, <laughs> stay tuned next month to the Final Friday show for your chance at some really great nail clippers. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Nice. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, so, Anne, why don't you keep some house? <laughs> All right. If you would like to buy some LRB slash TBTL merchandise, come to 10710.com slash shop or just go to littleredbandwagon.com and hit the shop button. The archive project continues. I mean, even I'm not doing much of anything on that these days, guys. So, whatever. Um, If you buy things like nail clippers from Amazon, we would love it if you'd use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. 
which is first you go to littleredbandwagon.com slash AMA, and then when you're done submitting your question, you put Z-O-N mm-hmm. and go to Amazon and buy <laughs> stuff. So there you go. Our sister podcast, Earbuds at Earworms. This week, the topic is the science of headbanging. <laughs> so that should be a loud Pretty show. sure that was a failed title for our frontline expose. <laughs> it's pretty much why the NFL isn't going to exist in a while. <laughs> right. Phyllis, you want to get involved? Oh, dude, I don't have the run sheet in front of me. <laughs> I've been I, just... I volunteered. I, I volunteered you because I thought it would be funny to have you do it, but that's okay. That's okay. I'll no, just... no, I'm opening it. I'm opening okay. it right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll wait. <It's> fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Get involved. Okay. This is how you do it. You get involved by going to littleredbandwagon.com, throwyourphone.com, uh, or hug your phone. Let's remember that. Um, you can find Little Red Bandwagon on Facebook. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can email Little Red Bandwagon at gmail.com. You can call us at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Or fax us your butt at 617-354-8513. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll I'll get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. (laughs) Whoa. Very good. I think we need a clap. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you guys do that countdown and clap thing? Oh, should we all do it? It's always so fun when we all do it. We're going to be here for another hour. Okay. Let's let's (laughs) set conscientious objector. Three, two, one, clap. Nailed it. Okay. All right. right. Who's saying nailed it? Who's clapping? I'll do the countdown this time. And then who's clapping? And then we're all clapping. Except for the conscientious objectors. I always respect that. Anne doesn't have to clap. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. Oh, stop it, you. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. Uh, uh, Yeah. Here comes the pitch, and it comes in wide. On the count now is one and one to Jackie Robinson. Billy Martin. Panic. That's another manic depression. Adolescent stares at death. Now what's left when there ain't no God and a whole lot of pride? It might be a homicide. So let the drama slide. We don't want no problems, big. Get your name in the obituary column, shit. Cause life is too short and it just gets shorter. I wish I had a quarter for all my people they slaughter. Last year alone in the dead zone. Walk straight, but don't walk late. Cause I'm coming with a hate only made from what it made me. Cause nobody ever played me. Now it's only getting worse. Buckshot and ace in the land of the waste. Kicking you in your face. We be doing it up Brooklyn style. What does it take to get you out? is getting iller, killer. Instinct is trying to infiltrate, but wait. I know you want to enter, but I can't let you in. My mind stays the maddest. I'm gone with the wind. Because it is survival of the fittest. When the shit hits the fan, I got my shank in my hand. Black man with the 
permanent tan. I come from the villain never ran. Damn, I'm feeling another part of reality. Hit me when I represent the FAP. Straight from the build till then play the building. I mean literally when I say I make a killing. For my cipher, see I'm feeling the buster pipe. Original heads represent the Brooklyn all night. Do or die, I'm saying this you or not. Bring your click so we can get stoned like family slide. Used to see I in the bush. Biting the team, rocking the rock, giving the push. <laughs> We did it like that and now we do it like this. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Go inside your mind and find a time that you miss. And just think about the steel in your fist. It's just an extension of your arm. It's that ghetto type of charm that makes all the homeboys swarm. Can I drop the bomb? Oh, yes, I can. Move with the goose, move like Gigi Dan. Who is the man? That kid there. Who is the chick with the pick in her hair? Angela or uh, Davis, and we roll like Avis. Rent a car, kid, there you are. You know where to find me whenever you need me. If you know the app, follow the path to the land of the aftermath. But don't frolic in the mix, crazy-ass Brooklyn kids. Cause they always throwing a body on my lawn. I'm getting a rock while I'm without a collar. Get off my block, boy, and give me a dollar for the trouble. Or get blown up like a bubble. Now let's take a sec to think back. Yeah, of the 7-0, but Brooklyn was the place to go. Flow on a journey up the crown heights. Ebbets feel, feel the real, the real on your life. Right, individuals live in the PJs. DE will check my DJ. Hey, play what I wanna play in the day. But in the night, I feel the right. Took the left, Bucktown, Brooklyn, break it down. Head from state to state, travel as I unravel the rate. How it tap Scott and Sutter. I remember way back in the days playing hot peas and butter. Brother, if you want another lesson. Session, take it back, blacksmith and Wesson. Press your luck, you get stuck by buck for your box. Master Ace has the taste for ducks and duck sauce. So tell Lord Digger, dig a grave for the bones, sticks and stones. While I kick some ancient homes through your domes, act went back to attack your home. So Tim, can I flip? Yes, you can. I'm in the world war with Muhammad, my man. Feels so good to be a Brooklyn Dodger. <laughs> What's happening to rerun and Roger? I think I seen him wearing Timberlands and running down the block from Dwayne. And Dwayne had a clock. Cause he be selling rock for the Partridge family. And Ruben Kincaid drops a 300 E. And he be pimping Chrissy from Three's Company. Plus he stuck Mr. T for all his jewelry. This is a 70s thing from the days when kids didn't act so crazy. <laughs>